Warning, the following podcast may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, this is Robin Lloyd Taylor, a.k.a. The Penguin from Gotham. You are listening to Next Level. Welcome, Primers, to this issue 60 of DC Primetime. Coming to you a day late, but that's because Rob was away at Steampunk World's Fair, so we can't fault him for that because I saw the pictures and I was kind of jealous that I wasn't there. Uh, it was quite awesome. <laughs> um, it, it seemed it uh, just by the pictures. I'm not really into steampunk, but um, yeah, it seems like something I would I, I need to at least check out once at some point. So, uh, but from the showcast spotlight here on the Next Level Podcast Network, I am Ben Beck. And from the Captain Crew cast of pods, also on Next Level, I am Rob Martin. And three more episodes to bring to you this week. We have the latest episodes of Supergirl, The Flash, and Arrow. Uh, something last minute also happened for the Next Level Podcast Network, which we will talk about a little bit later, uh, which is going to be my recommendation for the week, as a matter of fact. And uh, which actually should be posting around the same time as this, so you'll be able to enjoy one right after the other. And... I think that's kind of it. I think we could probably just dive right into things. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's going to be easy to rate stuff this week, too. Yeah, I think so, too. And I, I, it's so funny because I watched all three of these shows within the past two days. And um, to give you a good idea as to where we're going to fall with our rankings this week, I already don't remember a lot. Yeah, um, I watched uh, two of those shows uh today and uh kind of already don't remember a lot <laughs> um and unfortunately flash i watched um tuesday night so uh it's I, not very fresh in my mind but I, I uh, did, so i'm gonna take your cues on that one I yeah think. i watched it tuesday night too just because i didn't want to wait or see any spoilers online yeah uh, as to who the avatar reveal was and i'll be perfectly honest with you i could have read the spoiler online and not have been surprised yeah so. yeah it was uh it was one of the ones that we were we had the gut feeling. We kept saying the other ones because that's the one we didn't want it to be. So, <laughs> yeah, it's okay. We kind of pre- okay. we kind of predicted it weeks ago, but um, yeah, let's just jump into it. Um, giving our, I think we're the same rating across the board for all three shows. So yes, I we'll, think so. We'll just say Supergirl se- season two episode nineteen, The Flash season three episode twenty, and Arrow season five episode twenty across the board. All three shows. Hero. Hero. Yeah. Um, nothing really stands out as, as blow me away. Um, I, I have, uh, Flash for me would have gotten a better rating if the reveal wasn't as predictable as it was. Um, and Arrow, uh, I had my problems with that as well. There was a good chance, th- there was good opportunity for that episode to get a legend out of me, but there was something in that episode that just, drug it down and i couldn't i couldn't do it so 
Um, and Supergirl, yeah, eh, okay. Again, we're we're this close to the end, and we're still not feeling any kind of fruition coming to the end. Yeah, um, this was a wasted week. It felt like across the majority of the shows, um, especially this late in the game. Like you said, we this is going to harken back to a lot of the talking points we stated last week, especially with Arrow and Supergirl. But now that Flash is in the mix, granted, I think this is the last time we're going to say this about any of these shows. Um, at least I hope it's the last we're ever going to say this about these shows this season. Um, yeah, so I, I, I got to say that that hero is a well-deserved hero across all of them. None of the episodes were bad. Just not what I want from them this late in the game. Um they just use plot devices to move things across very slowly. Nothing major or very important felt like it, it mattered on any of these shows with the exception of Flash at the end. And the very end of uh, Arrow. And uh, the very end of Supergirl. It was those 30-second teasers at the at the end of the episodes that you're kind of like, okay, all right, well, obviously this has to happen. So uh, let's, let's just get on to it. So. Yeah. Uh, let's jump into the breakdowns of the episode then, and unfortunately, not promising much uh, coming out of these because again, we we watch these and again, like this close to the end, as we're expecting more, these episodes are kind of forgettable, unfortunately. Uh, so, jumping into the first one being Supergirl season two, episode nineteen, titled Alex. Um, when you're this close to the end and your synopsis is one sentence, uh, it's not enough. Um, when Alex is kidnapped, Supergirl and Maggie must work together to save her. Um, I, I, it's it's a plot line. It's an episode that everything that happened in this episode, if this was earlier on in the season, might have gotten a legend. But, you know, when you're this close, you know, this is the second season of this sh- podcast. And the first season, we were a little lenient. But, you know, now... We're we're heavily devoted into these shows. You guys as listeners are devoted into listening to us. We're going to be a little bit more critical this time around. And yeah, um, yeah. No, those those little uh, things that don't slide by anymore. If, if I was writing this as a, if I was like writing for somebody like IGN or Entertainment Weekly, and I was tasked with writing a review, these would get sevens and seven point fives. Maybe uh, there was nothing bad about any of the episodes that happened this week. Um, when you're this late in the game, you you can't have pointless plots like this like somebody that you know and this is just we can just get into supergirl here somebody that watched uh, you know kara when she was a kid realizing that she's supergirl who had a bad upbringing or his father was taken away from him is capturing alex that was the whole episode nothing major happened and then it was Rhea talking to lena not doing anything just talking no i'm like it was and there was there was barely any uh monel there was no guardian this week um, you know, Martian Manhunter has essentially been doing nothing for since McGann's been gone. Um, it just doesn't feel like much is happening right now. And uh, I, I still don't know who the big bad is. We we know who the big bad is next season already, but I don't. I couldn't tell you who the big bad of season two is, and we've got what three episodes to go. Yeah, I think it's only three episodes left. And I mean, it's like you said, this is an episode that's a, this is a filler episode. This is something yeah. you throw in mid season to kind of stretch the season. the The only thing that pertained to the that pertained to the main story plot was the Raya and Lena meet up and team up, which took a, an entirety, I think, of maybe four minutes total of this entire episode. You could have put this in to any episode. You could have put that storyline into any episode. 
all of this episode was about Alex, was about Alex being kidnapped and being put in the water. And like you said, somebody from their past who knows who Kara is. It's it's not enough when you're this close to the end. And and I understand what this story is. It's basically setting up bigger relationship ties between Alex and Maggie and, you know, Alex and Kara and Kara and Maggie. And uh, these are relationships we already knew were there. Yeah, I mean, th- I mean, there's like, nothing you had to set up with this. We're, you don't we're have already, to remind us. Yeah. yeah, we're already invested in these characters. We know there's a relationship between Maggie and Alex. We know that you know Kara wants to save Alex just because she's their sister. I mean, it's this really this episode set up nothing new as far as the season goes. And again, it's like you said, it's not that there was anything bad with this episode. If this episode happened mid-season, I said it earlier, it might have gotten a legend. But when you're this close to the end, and you're three episodes away from the finale, and like you said, Rob, we're still not even 100% confirmed on who the big bad is. And even if it is Rhea, what the hell is her game? Like, we we don't know anything. Couldn't tell you at all. Uh, and then the question is, like, now, like, in my mind right now, I want to know, is, did, did Cadmus just go away, and that's the end of them? They're, they're just gone now? <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what it feels like, because I don't think they're cropping back up this season at all. I really don't. I would be very, very surprised if they do. Yeah, so. I, I mean, you, again, like you said, you're at the point where there's three episodes left, and I feel like this close to the end, since you haven't concentrated on the main storyline, it's now going to be you're going to have one of two things that are going to happen. You're going to have one, a main story plot that's going to just fizzle out by the finale because you haven't invested enough into it, or you're going to cram so much into three episodes that certain plot points are going to get lost. Yeah. I have a feeling we're going to come screaming in at a breakneck pace starting next week. Um, and it's going to be no time to catch your breath. At least that's what I hope. Well, I don't um, even I don't even know. I'm looking ahead at the synopsis of next week. I don't even think we're going to get it next week because yeah. next week looks like it's another uh, it's another filler story. National City it, is attacked by a Florian, uh, a Florian, a, na- a normally peaceful race with telekinetic abilities. I, unless this is a race of telekinetic beings that was brought to this Earth by Rhea again. What does this have to do with the main plot? I think actually, come to think of it, that we, uh, oh, you know, that episode that's probably airing as we speak right now, actually it is because it's 8.50. Um, so that's just wrapping up. I think that's a very Guardian-centric episode. I think it, it is too. So and that gives them two episodes. They are going to cram their entire plot together in two shows. Not a wise move, guys. And not really, o- not smart. And not only that, but we already know too that we're going to see Zod in the finale, setting up the third season. So you're not only wrapping up this main storyline in two episodes, you're also introducing the third season. I mean, it, it, granted, Zod could just be a quick thirty-second tie-in at the end of at the very end of the episode, leaving us on a cliffhanger. But uh, still, again, two episodes is. Uh, is you're not proving your point of a main story at all at this point, right? And I mean, we're getting Clark, we're getting you know Cat Grant back uh, in the the last two episodes. I know Clark is at least in the finale. I don't know if he could be in both. Um, it's a wait and see. But I mean, honestly, I, there's nothing even big to say about this this episode. Like, there doesn't feel like I can have any major talking points at all. Um, Kara loves Alex. Maggie loves Alex. Alex taken away. 
Kara and Alex must work together to save, or no, Kara and Maggie work together to save Alex. The end. Yep. Um, and that's, that is the entire review that I could give. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, and Lena, like, you, you kind of look at her and, like, you know, she's, uh, that was the other thing that was just kind of disappointing. And I'm like, you know, she's basically right off the bat, you're like, okay, cool. She's smarter than Rhea. She uh, is not buying it. And then she's like, nope, uh, let's do this. Let's, let's team up. And I'm, and you know, obviously Alina's getting duped and Alina doesn't realize she's getting duped. So, uh, by the end of this. So, I don't know. Um, I'm just not happy with how this whole thing is wrapping up right now. Yeah, so. I, me neither. So, I, I don't know. I mean, I would like. As much as I would like there to be more positive talk about this episode, and unfortunately, we're just going down the line with the shows at this point. Um, although I think Supergirl is the one that hurt the worst this this week uh, between all of them. But it's it, again, it's it's not a good week, and I have to stress it because we've already said it multiple times. And there may be people out there. I know people who absolutely love Supergirl. I mean, it's probably their favorite out of all four shows. And they rant and rave about how good the episodes are every week. And and usually I agree with them. But this is the one week that I'm just like, I, I can't. I can't agree with you this week. Yeah. I mean, and you know, again, nothing bad about any performance, any of the writing uh, as far as the, what they worked with. I mean, everything worked fine. It was just – there was – no no sense of wrapping up the season or getting ready to wrap up there's no progression of the plot there's no right. progression of the main plot and there hasn't been since the show returned yeah yeah i mean really like you know i i think the biggest moment that we got where i'm like okay cool things are firing on all, all cylinders when you know terry hatcher and kevin sorbo showed up we have you know the king and queen of daxum i'm like okay this is where all this is gonna go i'm like this could get really interesting really fast and they have enough just enough time to do it and they squandered every moment of that away they really have yeah so uh i can say something interesting that i just stumbled upon though um Episode 21, titled Resist, so two weeks from now, uh, there is a behind-the-scenes picture attached to this episode of uh, Supergirl punching Superman. So hmm. apparently there's going to be something that they're going to butt heads at for some reason. Don't know what it is, but we'll find out. Okay. Stay tuned. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm very curious on how this is all going to play out, but... You know, regardless, I still do love the show. Um, I, I just kind of wanted a little bit more from it. That's all. I, I, that's really where it is. It's. I don't hate it. I'm just a little disappointed in it. And I think sometimes that's worse. So, yeah. I agree. Uh, yeah. Agree completely. Uh, let's move on then to – why do I have a feeling this is going to be like a short episode this week? <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a high chance of it. Um um, let's move on to The Flash, Season 3, Episode 20, titled, I Know Who You Are. Uh, Team Flash meets a scientist who may be their key to stopping Savitar, but is forced into battle with Killer Frost. I will say, going into this episode, that while it did not get a legend, it did get a very high hero, in my opinion. Exactly. That's exactly where I was at. I was like, does this one get a legend? I'm not quite sure. Um... But it was a fun episode. It was really good. Tracy, Tracy Brand, right? Dr. Tracy Brand? Dr. Tracy Brand, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, she's a fun character. I really dig her. She she had that quirky sensibility that, like, uh, Patty Spivett did that uh, is a lot of fun. And it's adding somebody for HR to nail play off of, which yes. I think is great. I think that's a really good 
good character type to have right now. And, I, and that- yeah, and I love the interaction between Tom Cavanaugh and, and Dudek too. I mean, that that's just it, it's it's just a lot of fun seeing that. Yeah, it was a nice. It was a really nice highlight of this episode, and. My guess is Tracy will probably become a new supporting cast member next season, is my guess. Um, I have a feeling her and Tom Felton more than likely over the summer will probably get promoted to season regulars. That's my personal hope and guess at this point in time. I would love to uh, see that. Uh, and I think that would be that would be a great call for the show. And maybe you pull Daniel Pennebaker off the board for a little while, have her as a guest star here and there, and then give her a full season to kind of be villainous. And then uh, we'll we'll bring her back into the mix. They'll find a way to cure her by season's end next season. Yeah, uh, I think that could be a cool way to do it. And then Kate will be back into the mix. Especially if you if they're doing a rogues uh, episode, a, re- a rogue season next year, um, she'd be a great addition to the villainous side. So it'd be it'd be a lot of fun to see that happen. Yeah. So yeah, um, that's very true. So I, I'm really curious on how that whole thing is going to play out. But like, there's something we did get this week that now makes some other things kind of tie in uh, a little bit and gives uh, some sense of how this may potentially function. Uh, because uh, I think it's safe that we can talk about this now. Uh, we do know we have at least one returning member uh, coming back in the end of the season, uh, being Jay Jay Garrick. We have not seen the last of. Um, now that we have the identity of Savitar. Do you think it's just possible that no one's going to die at the end of the season? Because I am now believing that to be the case. Um, you know, we do have a shot of the entire team all dressed in black. Uh, kind of a somber looking situation. And the only person not there is Caitlin. I do not think Caitlin is going anywhere or going to die. And uh, the, there is a girl that you don't see the face of on in that shot, which obviously is Tracy Brand now. Uh, Although, no, I don't think that's the case. Um Okay. I, I I was actually under a different impression when I saw that picture. I was actually under the impression that that was Michelle Harrison. And this is actually and because in that picture we also see whoever that woman is. We do see Grant Gustin leaving with her in one of the photos, which led me to believe that that was actually Barry leaving with his mother, or potentially Barry leaving with. A form of the Speed Force. Uh, maybe I, I, I don't know. Um, uh, this this could be interesting. Maybe because let, let's just get into it because I don't feel like dodging around it tonight. I'm, I had such a long weekend and I'm still <laughs> mentally not all there. Uh, so we found out that Barry is Savitar this week. So yes, um, I'm very curious to see how they're going to play that one out um, because they have a lot of explaining to do. <laughs> so I really need to see how this is going to this is going to function. But my guess is when. They do get him in the Speed Force. That's how Jay is getting out, uh, more than likely. So I don't know if that's where you stand, but that's where I stand. And he he goes in, or they get Savitar in there. Jay comes out. That's so. what I, that's what I would think too. But I'm also thinking there's a potential that, um, you know, that what during a final showdown between Barry and Savitar, and Savitar is trapped in the Speed Force again, which in return releases Jay. Uh, maybe potentially at the end of the episode, as I said, when when we see Grant Gustin leaving with an with a, a particular female, um, maybe that's how the season is going to end. Is he's going to go into the Speed Force to potentially fix himself? That could be the case. It's it, it's that idea because I have a feeling from when we spent some time with him uh, in the Speed Force. This season, uh, they were trying to teach him a lot of lessons that he's still not getting through his skull. Um, 
And a lot of the things that Barry, that is happening to Barry this season are all ramifications of the things he's caused to, to himself from the end of season two to now. Uh, now he's meddling with going into the future. And I have a feeling the Speed Force is not going to be very happy with him. Um, so there's a high chance that, yeah, that very well could be the case, is he's going to be the one that locks himself away in the Speed Force to keep Barry safe, or keep Iris safe, more more specifically. So... Yeah, I mean, um, that, that's what I could see. I, I would see it as almost like he's going to train in the Speed Force. Yeah. You know, because he the, he realizes by the end of this that there are things about himself that are going to lead him to become that character, to become Savitar. So rather than defeat Savitar ultimately, which would be ultimately defeating himself, he's going to go to the Speed Force and he, he's going to go away for a while, and which will be over the summer as far as the show goes. And uh, he's he's pretty much going to to fix himself with the help of the Speed Force, which will in turn eliminate Savitar. Well, that's one way you stop Savitar. If you're not around, you know that's a. If you're not around to kill Iris in the future, and you're still in the Speed Force, or that person that you hate about yourself is still in the Speed Force, um, how can you kill that person? So that's one way he can change the future. So yeah, exactly. So, so, yeah, I think that's that's the one thing that right now that makes a lot of sense. So I'm very curious to see how that plays out. But that's my guess. That's where I'm going with this as far as, uh, you know, the way this season is going to wrap. Uh, there was an amazing, and I mean amazing, trailer for what is to come for the final episode. The sizzle reel, and I haven't watched it yet, but I plan to when we're done recording. Oh, God, it's good. <laughs> it is fantastic. Um, and uh, we can geek out about that a little bit in the news because uh, – and then – I'll watch it with Ben after we get off the call. So, um, but anyway, uh, you know, aside from you know the the big Savitar reveal, uh, there was a lot of big focus on Joe this week, which was kind of nice to see. It feels like it's been a while since we spent some quality time with Joe, um, and it was nice to see that that connection between him and Barry really there again because it feels like we haven't seen a lot of that in quite some time. But it was uh, just Joe and Cecile's relationship and. Just going the next step. And the downside again, this is not the time to do it, but it worked. It definitely worked. Um, you know, again, this is a, this was a fun episode, just not quite legend here. So, um, yeah, I, I want to say too, one of the other things about this episode that I actually really enjoyed, um, I loved actually seeing the full, cause it's something we haven't really seen yet, even though we've seen her on many occasions. We haven't seen the full effect of what Killer Frost can do until this week. Uh, I mean, she was almost like Iceman from the X-Men. Yeah, know, with, with the I ice was going to say, that was really cool. That was really fun to watch them do. And they did a nice job. It actually looked really damn good. I was very, very pleasantly surprised because that was one of those effects that I'm like, oh, that could go really badly. And well, we'll be honest. I'm sure Ben, you would agree. There's a couple spots of it that looked a little video gamey, but there were. But you know what? It, it, when you look at the whole thing as a, as a whole, uh, those little spots, I just kind of glanced right over them because I did too. it was it still a lot good. of fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. It was that race through the city with her just making rails and stuff like that. It was really cool and it looked great. Um, really happy to see them like just go into the nine with Killer Frost. They did a great job. This is the first time we got to see her in her new suit. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, everything that they're doing right now with Caitlyn has been really fun. She plays the villain character so well. I'm really happy they gave her the opportunity to flex, you know, that acting muscle and get to play somebody very different. Like, we got a taste of it for Earth 2, but 
this version of Killer Frost is so much more than I think that Earth 2 version was. So. Yeah, I agree with that completely. And and the potential of her being a villain for this third or for the fourth season, I, I think there's a lot of potential there. And I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Like I love Caitlin uh on the show as a as a a force for the team, but seeing the dynamic of what'll come from them actually having to confront their friend on multiple occasions without harming her to, um, you know, to be honest, I think it's going to add a very interesting dynamic. And I really hope this is something that the writers are going to do, especially for Bud. Cause I mean, like just watching Cisco struggle with that fight, uh, anytime she was around was really interesting. And I mean, there's a, it's easy for them to tap into that, and abuse that i do not think they will i think that's going to be this was that one and done where they're going to be like this is the emotion that's going through cisco whenever he has to deal with her um not only not only vibe but julian yeah yeah julian fought with that too but like the fact that he was even at the end is like look i'm scared but i know you care about her as much as i do so everything's gonna be fine in the end so uh, some really good dynamic between the two of them this week too. So yeah, exactly. So I mean, it's it's very. Uh, I really hope what what you predict is going to happen in that we're going to see um, uh, we're going to see Tom Felton and um and Dudek pump uh, bumped up to cast regulars next season because I think uh you know Tom Felton was one we were we were on the fence about because we knew he was uh, Doctor Alchemy and. We didn't know where they were going with that, but when it was finally, when everything came to fruition with that, he has become such a great member of that team. And I think that uh, Dr. Tracy Brand, uh, I, th- I think that's going to be the same thing. I think if Caitlin remains a villain, um, Julian and Tracy are going to be two great replacements for her when it comes to the team. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of funny, though. I don't know if it's if it's just me or did did you almost forget, too, that HR's face is not HR's face? Because I had to think about that a little bit when they were interacting. And I'm like, you know what? I completely I, forgot. He's got I, a holographic face on still. I didn't even think of that until now, <laughs> to be honest. I completely so, forgot about that. Um, yeah, I, it was just me mentally reminding myself. There was a scene when they were in the park. Um, and I'm like, you know what? I wonder if they're ever going to bring that back up. Because I think they may have forgotten about it, too, just like I did. So, <laughs> it's, um, a, it's a possibility. I, I don't know because I completely forgot about it. Yeah. But I will say, I was, again, uh, to jump over to Joe, um, really, really happy to see that Cecile's going to stick around because I, it's really nice to see Joe happy on the show. He's he's kind of gotten the raw deal of it this season. Uh, nothing really great has happened for him, it, with the exception of that relationship. Uh, he's been dealing with uh, Barry fucking everything up and uh, Iris uh, potentially you know on the verge of death and then dealing with Wally becoming a speedster. So the fact that he's getting a sense of levity for his character right now and we'll have somebody there for him. I think it's really awesome that, that they're that they're doing something for Papa Joe. Yeah, yeah, I so. agree with that. So uh, it's going to be interesting next week. Um, you know, three episodes left of the Flash as well, and Arrow. So you know, we've got three weeks of all these shows. Um, however, the Flash is doing something different from Supergirl in that they're progressing with the main story. So I'm I'm okay with it. Uh, so. One thing I will say, I do not get tired of watching Savitar's suit open up. It looks so damn good. <laughs> yeah, it really um, does. I will say uh, the pseudo-emo burned, burned victim Barry. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how I, how I feel about that design design choice for him. Uh, but, you know, what? hey, uh, I, I do think, though, he, that Grant's going to get a chance to have some fun getting to play the bad guy. 
I think this is going to be really interesting to watch next week because we do know he's going to interact with a lot of the cast uh, in tomorrow night's episode and today for everybody that's listening to the show. Uh, I, I think that's going to be really interesting to see that play out because I have a feeling it's going to be a very emotional, uh, very emotionally heavy episode this week. Yeah, not cause... a lot of action, but a lot of emotion. Yeah, because I believe it's it's going to be a majority of the team is going to find out who Savitar is. Yeah. Um, you know, not just Barry this time around. I, I am curious, though, how far after 2024 do you believe Savitar came to fruition? I don't think very far after. I think there's a high chance that it was just around the corner from where Barry was at. So, OK. All right, um, yeah. This going based off of the design of the character or the age, uh, he doesn't look like it, much more time would have passed. So that's what, that's what I was thinking as well. But there's the question that now that Barry's been in the future and kind of mucked about time in the future, did he potentially change anything with that Savitar? I, so, I think knows? I think he has changed the future because, I mean, if you remember when he goes to 2024, that version of Barry did not know who Savitar was. Right. And now he does in 2017. So he's he has now found out who Savitar is um, what's uh, – seven years earlier than he would have um so i mean there's a strong possibility that the version of barry who is in savitar could potentially already be that 2024 now Mm -hmm. he could have become savitar much earlier yeah i mean i will say this though i did love the fact that they were like hey if everybody thought we uh, were just winging this here's everything we laid the groundwork for for barry being savitar since the beginning of the season so um, I will say though that my my one thing that I said earlier on weeks ago when we were making predictions as to who it was was the villain. Yeah. Well, no, who's not that. No, yeah. not the who's so. the villain now was I'm the future the Flash. Future Flash. Yeah. Yeah. I pointed that out and I said the inflection of the way that was said makes me believe it's Barry. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, I really kind of hoped it would be Wally. I really hoped it would would have been Ronnie, something like that. I mean, obviously, Ronnie's the one that made the least amount of sense because of, uh, you know, how would he get tied to the Speed Force? But still, uh, they could have found a way to science the living shit out of it. So um, <laughs> They could have Mark Watney's this. Mark Watney's seriously. this. Uh, but you know what? Hey, I, I think this is still – it still works. It still works great in the context of this season. Uh, Barry – created this alternate timeline and became the villain of his own piece. And it works to actually have him actually as the real villain as well. So I think this makes season three of flash something very special. I am really excited to know that next season we are not getting a speedster for the big bad. And, um, you know, now that we know who he is, how do you think this whole thing plays out as far as, uh, realizing who Savitar is? Does it make you more excited to go back and watch all of season three again? It does. I, I actually it, it renews some of my my enjoyment of this season. So. Yeah, it, it really does because now I'm going to be able to pick up on things that I may not have picked up the first time around. Yeah, because of this. So uh, I'm, I'm excited, and I'm I'm again. The only reason um, I'm not giving this episode a legend is just because of how predictable the reveal was. Yeah, and, and it was really kind it. of the same. It was the same thing when we found out that uh, Tom Felton, you know, Julian was alchemy. Um, we we pinged it for that because we were like, could see it coming a mile away. And it was just one of those things. You were like, please just don't do this. Please don't do this. Hey, look, they did it. But you know what? Everything, those are the only two big points about this season that I didn't care for is the reveals on the villains. 
But it was just the reveal. The villains themselves still function and still work. And actually, Nell Savitar is very layered because they now have to explain why Barry became the way he did. And yeah. there's a chance for them to do something really awesome with that. So, yep, I, yeah, I agree completely. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how these next three episodes play out. Mm-hmm. So, all right, let's move on to the final one of the week. That being Arrow season five, episode twenty, titled "Underneath." Oliver and Felicity get trapped in the bunker together while Diggle and Lila deal with marital issues. So, a couple things that have happened in this: we get another uh, primary Oliver and Felicity in lockdown episode. Um, you know, with pretty much uh, nothing to use. The, an EMP has hit the cave and knocked everything out. Which, again, you want to talk about things that you forget. Uh, you know, like Harris, uh, like HR's uh, facial hologram. Um, completely forgot Felicity had tech in her back that made her walk. Yep, yep. I uh, completely forgot about that myself, too. <laughs> when she wasn't able to walk and she's like, my implant in my spine stopped working. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. S- um, I, I agree that, I mean, I'm, I'm, I understand that it did definitely add a lot of added drama to this because it put the weight purely on Oliver, uh, as far as getting them out of there with, you know, it was the brunt force and the strength of Oliver with the mind of Felicity that got the two of them out of there. Um, so I understand why they did it. My biggest complaint with this episode, and we talked about it last week. Flashbacks. Not just the flashbacks, but the Oliver Felicity relationship. Like, we're past this now. I mean, I kind of understand why it was in there the way it was. Um, but I kind of also feel like if you took it out, it wouldn't have changed the episode. Yeah. This felt like the flashbacks were there to give the Olicity fans a thousand and one, you know, animated gifts that they could put up online. That felt like the sole purpose of this episode. And that was it. And the funny thing is, that's exactly what happened. Uh, moments after the episode was up, there was articles on like comic book movies, CBR, Newsarama, and I'm like, oh dear God, make the Elicity gifts go away. Like people were just like, it, it, they got flooded everywhere, Twitter, everywhere. I mean, it was just, here was a sex scene, here's them being close together. And it's kind of like, well, we haven't done anything for them for a while, so we'll give them an episode this season. Yeah. So, ex- exactly. and that's what it felt like. Um, and yeah, I mean, look, I do absolutely get that they did need to still clear that whole thing up because they haven't. They haven't touched that at all this season since that went down last season. Uh, they haven't really had that moment for them to patch that crap up because they are part of the core team. Um, John and Ollie had a couple of chances to do that this season and make things right. Um, and Felicity and Ollie, that one has hung in the air for a long period of time. You didn't need a whole episode out of it. Maybe five, ten minutes total screen time with that whole stuff. Absolutely. I can totally buy that. It, it felt necessary. Just filling the gap between season four and five did not make any sense, though. That felt so unnecessary. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, it, it was just... Um, I mean, I understand that there are flashbacks, but again, um, you know, you're so close to the end of this. Um it, this I also put this on the same fault that we did on Supergirl in that um, you're building a team dynamic, and I can understand that. You're building a strength between Oliver and Felicity. You're showing the strengths of the rest of the team, uh, you know, in uh, you know, in Curtis and Renee being able to um, and and uh, and Dinah being able to work without the leadership of of um, 
of Oliver. I understand why you're doing that. But again, this is the second episode since they've been back in which we have not gotten Prometheus. Um, so, I mean, I'm very curious to see how, although I'm not as at fault. I don't put this one as at fault as I do with Supergirl. Supergirl is at fault only because we don't know what the main storyline is. We don't know who the big bad is. At least in an era, we know Prometheus is the big bad. So I don't fault Arrow as much for not focusing on the main storyline because there are still three more episodes left, and I'm pretty sure next week we get right back into the meat of things with with Arrow. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so it's I, I'm not too much. Um, I'm not faulting Arrow too much about it this week as we did Supergirl earlier, but I, I just wish we would have gotten a little bit more uh, because yeah, I mean yeah. we don't even know for sure. We're only led to believe that Prometheus is the one that set off the EMP. We don't even know for sure. Well, no, we do. It was that biometric scanner that they were tracking his heartbeat. That, that's right. That's right. That's so right. We, we we do know that he was the one that sabotaged the situation because he had to basically create a reason why they couldn't get out and track him down. Um, it was just that whole idea that he needed to get away and track down where William was, uh, which we see at the end of the episode where, uh, you know, Adrian's there taking Ollie's son. So, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely adds a lot more to this whole thing. So I'm actually really looking forward to seeing that play out because that was the best, I think, move that they could have made. And I think it was a really smart move. Um, and I will say, too, I did really enjoy them trying to escape the bunker. I thought that whole setup and angle of this episode was actually really well executed. It was the flashbacks that really weighed it down because the conversations that happened between Felicity and uh, Oliver in the, these moments, I think those ones worked in the present time. But when they, they cut back and forth to the past in this, it just was way too much. One or the other would have been fine, but doing it in both both timelines was too much. It was almost a little confusing at times. Yeah, it was kind of funny because uh, my wife came in the room and was watching bits and pieces. And she's like, wait, they're back together. I'm like, no, 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 it's the flashback. And they're like, oh, wait, huh? And then she came back in the room and she's like, but they're here. I was like, no, um. <laughs> Let me kind of sum up real quick what happened. She's like, oh, okay, this is between season three and four. Or, or sorry, four and five. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like I said, it was... I don't think there was any bad dynamic between the, between their characters at all in this season. It, or not season, episode. God, my brain's not working today. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I, it's just... Uh, the, the flashback stuff was so absolutely fucking unnecessary there was so much more they could have done especially knowing that we now have to get ollie back to lian Yu in the russia timeline and cobra still has to wake up now that's all going to get crammed in the final three episodes it would have been really wise for them to use the flashbacks timing for this episode to set up those last pieces of the puzzle there uh, of ollie leaving that way the last three episodes when we're seriously firing on all our all cylinders you have what needs to tie together really closely with Lee and you all happening right then and there. It's all in the forefront. You don't have to do the split away, set up all this stuff, make it just seamless. Yeah. Um, and I think you and me both agreed that the finale is probably going to happen on Lee and you. It feels like it's the thing that makes the most sense for it, the show. It really does. And I, I'm pretty sure that's possibly what we're going to get, especially because of the fact that you told me last week that we're getting Deathstroke in the main uh, in the present day, not just in a flashback. So right. um, I have a feeling that you're right. I think everything's going to end. Uh, I think they're going to take a walk down that path to Lian Yu. Um, you know, that short little path behind um, the city 
that they always take to get there pretty quick. Oh no, that wasn't Lee and you, was no. it? Well, no, it's it's there too because it's remember you go left, you're at Lee and you. If you go to the right, you go to um, you know Nana Parbat. That's so, it, Nana Parbat. It, yeah. it, it's it's quite okay. Okay, <laughs> the path splits. It's just a matter of which yeah. way you go. Yeah. Um, I will say, though, uh, it was an interesting plot line that I did not see coming in the way the episode ended with um, uh, with Adrian going after Oliver's son, William. Uh, I, I, that's something I did not see his son coming into uh, coming into play at all. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see where that goes and uh, what they do with it, because, again, that's something I did not predict. Yeah, like I said, I mean, like when they brought it up this episode, I was like, kind of like, yeah, that's the smart move. That would have been the smart move for Adrian to make this that much more insane and over the top than it already is, which is great. I love the fact that they they've been willingly pushing his character that far into just being evil and vile and fun to watch. And that's that's what else do you do? He can kick a puppy when he's dragging his son across the street. Yeah, you know, and they're like, he is the ultimate bad guy now. So, um. But yeah, I think this was a really smart move. I was really happy with this. Uh, I, we got to bring up uh, John and Lila too. Um, thankfully, we're, the characters are not breaking up. I think that was really good. I was hoping they weren't going to shove that down our throats and we were going to see John trying to find himself yet again next season. I think it was really good that they found a way to make them function and work. Uh, and now the fact that they're gonna, he's now going to have the knowledge of what Argus is really working on behind the scenes in full, which is probably something we both thought was already happening. Until we found out that uh, she was keeping so much from him, so well, we did find out that uh, that Argus does have updated T spheres, uh huh, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, I, they apparently have not only copied the tech but enhanced the hell out of it, uh, or whatever wording Curtis used when he described it. Um, yeah, I wish I could remember it too because it probably would have been my line of the week. Uh, actually, I do remember this because uh, that T sphere is part of my line of the week because uh, I did remember what it was finally. Which was uh, Felicity getting the tea sphere to her that had the little adrenaline shot popping up, and she's like, "It's just like the Death Star." Oh, droids. That's, that's right. <laughs> okay, I'm sharing that one with you then because I forgot. It's, it's it's the yeah, it's the Imperial uh, interrogation droids, and either that or it was when she drove it into Ollie's chest. He's like, "All right, I'm up. I'm pretty much ready to go. Let's do this." <laughs> yeah, the reaction I think to that was actually th- that was a really fun little moment of levity in this. So, but uh, I will say though, like that that him being impaled on that uh. The elevator shaft bolt was uh, pretty intense, though. I, I will say they did a lot of great stuff again with that escape. So I was really pleasantly surprised with that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely agree with that. Uh, I'm looking ahead to next week. And again, like we were saying, I think things are going to start getting full-blown into next week as uh, we do have Josh Laguerre returning as Adrian Chase. We're going to see Willa Holland back as Thea, who feels like we haven't seen her for a while. Yeah, um, again, I think, remember, she only had eight or nine episodes this season in her contract, so. Yeah, um, Dolph Lundgren is going to return as Constantine Kovar, so we're going to see Constantine and Anatoly next week, uh, as well as um, Cody Rhodes is going to be returning as Derek Samson yet again next week. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see where they're going with this. Um, I have a feeling that the Derek Samson part of this is going to be side plot, but uh, we're still going to see flashbacks with Constantine and Anatoly, so... Um, uh, yeah, it, it seems like things are going to start getting full blown into gear next, uh, this coming week, actually, uh, into these final three episodes of the season. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. And we still have Malcolm Merwin to come back. We have Deathstroke to come back into the mix. Man, there's a lot that has to happen. You know, we to- still have, 
Nissa and Talia to go uh, go toe to toe as well. Well, two weeks from now, it looks like we're going to see Katie Cassidy return as Black Siren. Mm-hmm. And then the following week, which is the finale, it looks like they're saving a lot of this stuff for the finale uh, because the cast list is long. Um, oh, looks like something you may have predicted is coming to fruition, Rob. Okay, say it. Do it um, up. The, here is the cast list for ne- for the finale. Oh my god, it's long. Uh, obviously, we have the main players in it, but we are going to see John Barrowman return as Malcolm Merlin, um, Alexander Cal- uh, Calvert as Anarchy, uh, Colton Haynes is returning as Roy Harper, uh, Megalyn. Um, Megalyn E.K.? Yeah, Megalyn E.K. as Vixen. Uh, Matt Nabel is returning as Ra's al Ghul. Matt Ryan as John Constantine. What? Jessica DeGal as the Huntress. Um, Katana. Susanna Thompson is returning as Moira Queen. Uh, Lexa Doing is returning as, is coming back as Talia al Ghul. Cynthia Ali Robinson as Amanda Waller. Michael Rowe as Deadshot. Colin Donnell as Tommy Merlin. Manu Bennett as Slade Wilson. Deathstroke. Katie Cassidy, uh, as Black Siren. Katrina Law. Nissa al Ghul. Uh, we're going to see Dolph Lundgren returning as Constantine Kovar and the one I saved for last, Joel Dinico- uh, Joe Dinicle as Roy Regan Ragman. Nice. So it is a full blown cast. Man, basically, if this was a series finale, that's how you do it. Yeah. <laughs> so. um, I'm excited. Um, and just, I mean, we knew Barrowman was coming back, but just knowing that. We're getting Colton Haynes coming back. We're getting Matt Nable coming back. We're getting Matt Ryan coming back. Uh, Joel Tenickel as as Ragman. Katrina Law. Man, this is a and Colin Colin Donnell and Michael Rowe. I mean, this is a this is a packed finale. Dude, Constantine though. Holy I know. Man, what the hell, <laughs> uh, dude? This is three weeks from now, man. This is going to be fucking awesome. I hope all this stuff. Oh man, that's amazing. I that's hope great. this. I hope this finale lives up to this cast. I I do too. I I actually I really think it's going to. I, I really wonder. Do. I wonder if a lot of it is flashbacks. My guess is that's probably what it's going to be. I think we're going to get a lot of clips. This could be a very clip centric of everything always been through yeah. to to get to the end point. And I think that's exactly what to expect. Uh, if you think you're going to probably get these big moments, all these characters. Who knows? I mean, that would be amazing if it does, but this uh, this could just be kind of like a greatest hits up until the end, and that could be fine. That might work just perfectly fine. Yeah, I mean, you got to remember that this is the end of a five year story that they're putting together, so um, it makes sense that a lot of these characters are going to be returning either in uh, new scenes or in flashbacks, one way or another. It's going to be fun to see them either way. So. Absolutely. That finale is going to be amazing. I hope, I really hope it lives up to this cast. Uh, it would be amazing because that would probably easily, because this is already my favorite season of the show. So, Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, yay. Right. That's a good way to, good way to close Arrow Talk out. Wow. We are coming in um, pretty quick on this one tonight, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's jump forward and let's hit the news and then we'll do our recommendations. We'll talk uh, my recommendation. And I'll talk a little bit about what recently happened earlier tonight. Uh, and then we will do our cheap plugs and get out of here. But let's send it over to you for the news. Okay, well, uh, there's not a ton here. It's a lot of light stuff, but um, I'll save the best for last. 
Uh, if you were curious on how Steppenwolf is going to look in Justice League, uh, you need to only just check out some upcoming Lego sets because Steppenwolf is indeed in one of the packs. They already have shots from him. Usually how all this stuff plays out is you just look at the toys and toy lines. Uh, as I was pulling this up tonight, they already have shown us now what Kylo Ren's uh, Starfighter actually looks like based because of a toy leak, so not a big shock that we're finding out exactly how Steppenwolf is going to look. Uh, but you can you can easily check him out in uh, that good old classic Lego form. So obviously uh, proportions will be a little bit off. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, let's actually jump over to talk some Justice League Dark, uh, and that is a little bit specifically about John Constantine's role in how this is going to play out. And this is coming from Doug Lyman. Uh, if memory serves correctly, Doug Lyman was previously attached to direct Gambit, uh, and he has since then walked away to start working on this, uh, which I'm very, very happy. But I will read a couple excerpts real thick, uh, fast from his uh, little interview. He's like, I think people will be surprised well, how, how character-driven and how intimate Justice League Dark is. In kind of a field, uh, field of bloated comic book movies, we found a way to do something that's actually really personal and small, and that's my goal. The wall is all about characters. Uh, the scenario allows me to dive into what is, uh, you know, what I think is, and I just love people. I love putting people in crazy situations. For John Constantine, we have an amazing setup for him for Justice League Dark. That's just really a very human story. It's going to have a lot of horror elements, and that's definitely one thing I want to remind people. He's like, he's like, I absolutely love early horror films, be it The Exorcist, Carrie, The Omen. In the same way, the board, uh, that Boyer identity went back to like that '70s paranoia. He is using all of these things to make Justice League Dark his version. So, and uh, okay, he did it. say his good friend Simon Kinberg and if, uh, uh, and really we're, we're helped kind of push the envelope with Deadpool, and he said he hopes to do the same thing for DC with Justice League or Justice League Dark specifically. Yeah. Sorry. You know, and I think too, that's a, uh, it's a too professional great, or anything great choice. Like uh, he like, did a Live, Die, Repeat as well, I believe. Uh, Doug Lyman. Edge of, yeah, so, Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow. And Live, Die, Repeat, Repeat, which is coming uh, is the now title of the sequel. So Is that really what they're calling it? Live, Die, Repeat, Repeat. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, I don't Welcoming know. I don't everybody. Believe, to- I don't know if he's working on the sequel, but um, like I said, uh you know, Doug is uh, definitely moving over just to that. So. Welcoming um, everybody. And we don't know if any of the previous work that uh, Guillermo del Toro worked on with that film is going to exist right. in this, but I have All a right. feeling Take that care. Doug Lyman right. is, Take care. is going at it his own way. So, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Jumping oh, over to so talk if, a if little bit about the Batman, because it's been some whiles before we've uh, said too much about this, but we did hey, see something kind of interesting this week that a lot of people are like, wait, what, what's going on? And this came from a Twitter account, that being at Josh Gad, putting up a picture of the penguin. Um, and everybody was like, wait, huh? What's going on here? And, uh, <laughs> but we also did see that he has now also is following Warner Brothers, Matt Reeves, and uh, Jeff Johns. So I uh, wouldn't be too surprised to see that Josh Gad is now linked somewhere into the mix but you never know with uh josh because uh he loves to play practical jokes on fans uh very notably uh the back and forth he had with daisy ridley uh recently trying to get the identity of who the last jedi was from her in a series of videos which uh definitely broke the internet and uh became something quite amusing so who knows what's going on here but i do think Josh Gad could be an amazing Oswald Cobblepot. I was so just, very I was, curious. I was actually going to say the same thing. I mean, it it could be a practical joke, but there's there's serious potential for really good casting there. 
Yeah, I really do think that would work uh, incredibly well. And I think he would actually play it it's, really um, it, phenomenally, like that socialite, NXT-level radio, um, and we'll very serious way, event, not care. the Danny DeVito version. Uh, I think more along the lines of uh, things that what Robin Lord Taylor is doing. You know, I think you're going to see it a more serious take. I don't think Decent, we'll ever see we'll a DeVito version again. Penguin again, because that was a... Uh, I don't know what the hell that was, but it was still fun at the time when you're a kid. But uh, definitely not what the Penguin ever has been in the comic books. So, uh, But yeah, I'm very curious to see uh, how this plays out. But I, I think uh, Josh Gad could be an amazing, amazing choice. Uh, jumping over to talk a little bit about Wonder Woman, uh, we did see the final trailer for uh, the Patty Jenkins upcoming film, which is only a couple weeks away. We're actually now officially under a month before that film is hitting. Um, that movie is set to release, I believe, June 2nd. Yes. So, uh, I believe we are going to see a little bit more um, at the MTV Movie Awards. Actually, that was last that was That was last night. That was last night. So that's where this trailer did come out of. Yes. So. Because uh, I'm behind a day still. Because <laughs> I got home from my event and slept. Um, so, <laughs> uh, but the new trailer, I will say, it does look good. I'm, I'm very happy. I know a couple of people actually asked me, "I was like, what's going on? I'm not seeing a lot of uh, a lot of ads or anything going on uh, full force." But I think uh, I think they're they're releasing. I think the right things for for this film. They're not showing us too much. Just enough action. But uh, I don't know what your thoughts were. But I will say that for trailer. It's keeping me excited. It is actually generally keeping me excited. I will say that I have never. I'm I'm borrowing words from a friend of ours who posted this on Facebook. Uh, but never more have I wanted a movie to live up to the trailer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the only way I can really think of to put it. Yeah, um, I will say this too. There was a one early review that made it online, and it was somebody that's from the. Uh, I forget the actual company, but they're basically head of the the movie theater chain uh, chains, like all of the association. It was the president that came out, and he has actively been somebody that came out and talked about how Batman versus Superman he thought was a mess, and he said he got to watch this just a couple weeks ago, and uh, said that if you really really enjoyed Captain America, the first the first Captain America film, he's like it's that but a little bit more focused uh, instead of a uh, jumping around so much i you know that's one of the things i will say about i think the first avenger as well was uh the random sequences where we basically got montages of cap saving the day that's when the film started falling apart a little bit the very front half of that movie i thought was exceptional and it sounds like uh patty jenkins was able to match that feel and tone in a very special way but also made diana feel like diana so you know, comparing it to Captain America um, does give me a little bit of hope. And it's funny because watching the trailer, I was trying to think of – I was getting a particular feel out of the trailer uh, for what the movie is. And I couldn't put my finger on it. And hearing that, that's exactly it. That's the kind of feel I get out of watching the trailer, out of what that movie could be. It's very Captain America-esque. And that's perfectly fine because that's that's a, that's exactly the injection of adrenaline that – you know, the Warner Brothers uh, DC films need right now. So. She she kind of is the Captain America of the DC universe. Yeah, I mean, Superman or her, I mean, and it kind of, I I, I don't know. <laughs> um, I mean, it wasn't until, you know, she's had a shield in the comics for quite a long amount of time. But, I mean, the fact that they're, you're seeing a little bit more action-oriented around that, yeah, I mean, I can definitely see that too. But I think that's that's a great way to handle this character, and I'm looking forward to seeing what Calcutta is going to be able to bring with her. Yeah. So... 
Very happy to see that. Uh, jumping over to Aquaman real quick, we got a couple things to touch base on. Uh, the One of the ones, it's a little small story, but I think it's still kind of exciting. The official title card for Aquaman has been revealed, as the start of principal photography has officially begun on the film. Um, this is actually, out of all of these films, the one I think I'm the most excited for. Uh, I think there's something about this that they're going to do with it. It's just going to be fun. I think it could be potentially very different than anything else that Warner Brothers has on their slate, even over what everything that Marvel has on their slate right now. Um, I think this could be something insanely amusing to watch. And just the little interactions we've already seen with Jason Momoa from Justice League, he just seems like he's going to be such a great, over-the-top, fun character. So he, um, I'm trying to think of it now. I saw a trailer... Um, the other day, and I'm I'm looking it up as I'm, t- as I'm as I'm talking about it. There's a trailer that I saw Jason Momoa in, and I couldn't believe that it was actually him. Um, and I'm trying to see. Oh, it's Once Upon a Time in Venice, which is a um, uh, a Bruce Willis and John Goodman movie. Uh, comedy action that's actually releasing on June 16th, uh, where Jason Momoa actually plays Spider. He plays a um, a gang member. Mm-hmm. So and he's like a gang leader, but I couldn't, I couldn't place that's who it was until they started running down in the at the end of the trailer who it was. So, yeah, sorry, I got distracted for a second. Oh, not a problem. Uh, there was actually a you know tying into that uh, GQ magazine actually just spoke to him too, and uh, Momoa got a chance to talk a little bit because the film just was getting ready to begin, uh, and it said you know we'd never really seen anything from this character before aside from the comics or animated things, so. It's really kind of fun to have a level playing field. There aren't like four Aquamans before me, and I get to set the tone for it. Um, and then he was basically saying, "There's been so many versions of Superman on screen, Batman. Uh, you know, we've seen different ver- versions of Wonder Woman out there. I mean, granted, this is her first time in a live action film, but uh, you know, there was the Linda Carter one. There was the another TV show that was attempted. Uh, so this is yeah, a chance with Adrian for- Padalecki. Hmm. So this is a chance for them to actually get a chance to do something unique. Uh, so he was saying just the fact that he gets to be the one to set the tone for the Atlantean king is kind of awesome. He's like, you know, this is a character that's never really been accepted on land, and he's never really been accepted by Atlantis. He's a half-breed, but he's the best of both worlds. He just doesn't know how to handle his power. So it's kind of a coming of age for a young, uh, for a young man to a man, or from a man to a king. He's lost a lot of things. He's got. Uh, he's getting welcome in he's the everybody to another everybody in both worlds. So uh, I think that's actually one of the best things you could take away from what they're going to do with this film. Um, it is. Uh, he's neither neither uh, Atlantean or man. So and it's getting to watch how he's going to handle that and probably make an obscene amount of mistakes in the process. So, so but, like Man of Steel, except for Aquaman. Uh, yeah, well, uh, well. Underwater cities, you know, when they get crumbled and destroyed, not as many news stories out there to be like, hey, what the hell, guys? Yeah, exactly. How this is going to play out. So, Uh, but yeah, no, I think uh, I think this is going to work out just fine. So, Um, well, we do have a little bit more now as well. Uh, We have a new cast member for Aquaman. That is. Oh, my God. I'm going to see if I can actually get say this correctly, (laughs) because they love to screw with me in uh, in this. But uh Abdul Mateen um, is going to be uh, joining the cast as the father of Black Manta, which is kind of awesome because if you've ever seen the 100, uh, he is an amazing, amazing member of that cast. Absolutely. So the fact that he's playing the father of Black Manta, this could be something very unique and very interesting. And I'm all about this. Um, 
you know, he is uh, kind of the force to be reckoned with from the 100. So uh, one of the very interesting characters that's been both hero and villain on that show. So if you know the uh, know the person, definitely make sure you uh, you you check out some of his work before he uh, makes his appearance. I'm sure it's going to be a small smaller role, but uh, I, I'm very very excited to see how this is going to play out. So. Uh, but uh, let's see. Let's jump over into the TV realm real quick. Uh, there is not a lot that we have to talk about here. It's actually uh, just a couple tiny little talking points. As Ben already mentioned, as far as Arrow, uh, Cody Rhodes returns in Season 5, Episode 21, Honor Thy Fathers. So we'll be seeing him make his return to the world of Arrow. Uh, but probably the most exciting things that we really need to talk about is the sizzle reel for Season 3 of The Flash for the final episodes. And the best part about that, hands down, is Captain Cold helping talk about their plan and how that they stop Savitar. And they say, so you make the plan, you prepare for all the things that could potentially go wrong, then you immediately take the plan and throw it out the window. <laughs> um, but it's the fact that Captain Cold is even in front of the whiteboard explaining this to them. It makes it even better. Um, but in addition to that, we do see Lila Michaels from Argus in the mix and also King Shark. Looks like he will be also making a return in the back parts of these episodes to come. So uh, lots to be excited about. If you haven't gotten a chance to check that out, I will make sure I will not close this window and I will post this over on our Facebook page for you guys to check out, which is easily just find is uh, facebook.com slash DC primetime. Um, but you also can see a little bit of discussions between the cast coming to terms, realizing that uh, Barry is Savitar. So, uh, but we also see uh, some, uh, other suits in the mix, and I'll uh, I'll save that for the video for you guys. So, uh, jumping over into the synopsis for the final episodes is something we definitely need to talk about because uh, I haven't even got a chance to read them. I wanted to uh, wait to check them out uh, for myself as well with you guys as I went through them. So we'll start real quick with Supergirl May twenty second, and this is tiny. Supergirl challenges Rhea to battle to save National City. Meanwhile, Superman returns, and Cat Grant offers Supergirl some sage-like advice. Really? That's it? Um, <laughs> that's basically very much telling us everything that we've been saying about Supergirl. Uh, the Flash airs May 23rd. With nothing left to lose, Barry takes on Savitar in an epic conclusion to Season 3. That's also the end of that. Um, and then Arrow... Airs May 24th, the battle between Oliver and Adrian Chase culminates in a final epic battle on Lian Yu. Hey, called it. Yep. Uh, after recent <laughs> events, Oliver decides to recruit a group of unlikely allies, Slade, Nyssa, Malcolm Merlin, Digger Harkness, uh, so Captain Boomerang coming back to the mix, uh, to defeat Adrian Chase. However, Chase has his own army, Black Siren, Emmeline Sharp, and Talia Al Ghul. The forces collide in explosive season finale. So gonna be potentially awesome and i saved the best for last because uh the first wave of dlc characters for injustice 2 have officially been announced uh with addition to that i do know a couple other people that we get to see in silhouettes and uh, a couple rumblings about who some of these remaining of these nine are but let's get the boring one out of the way. Uh, just like Injustice 1, uh, a Mortal Kombat character is coming into the mix as well. We got Scorpion in the first one this time around. Sub-Zero, of course. Uh, so Sub-Zero will be in Wave 1. Uh, in addition to that, uh, somebody that is silhouetted that we also do know, also from Mortal Kombat, kind of bumming more fans out that we're getting not one, 
but two, uh, is Raiden joining okay. into the fray. I can deal with Raiden. So Raiden Sub-Zero will be coming over from uh, MK, leaving out of the nine, seven DC characters in the mix. But the two that we know of right off the bat are ones that have been like speculated for quite some time and officially now confirmed. I mentioned them just the other week. That is Starfire and Jason Todd as Red Hood will be joining the fray as fighters for the upcoming game. Uh, we do see in the background of the silhouettes for Wave 2 and 3, one is very clear to understand who the hell it is. That is Black Manta, which is a great choice to have into the mix, uh, since we do see commonly uh, villains matching up with their heroes. Uh, we saw that in Injustice 1, now again in Injustice 2. Uh, but in addition to this, there are what looks like one other male character or two other male characters and two female characters. Uh, my guess is based off of the silhouettes that we're seeing. Uh, in the wave with Black Manta, it looks like potentially Beast Boy uh, could be one of those characters from the Titans. And a lot of people are speculating the female silhouette here is Batwoman, uh, so uh, Kate Kane. So. And then adjoining over with Raiden, uh, the silhouette, my guess is we're looking at Azrael, uh, which could be very interesting to see how that plays off. And the female there, my guess is we're seeing either Donna Troy or uh, potentially uh, Cassie Sandsmark, uh, Wonder Girl. So Because uh, it does look like there is a lasso in there, so I'm not too sure. Uh, the other guess is uh, a lot of people are thinking that could be Enchantress. So. Have, have we, correct me, uh, I, I don't remember. Is Captain Cold confirmed or no? Captain Cold was one of the last confirmed, yes. Okay. Right. Uh, so there is full video of Captain Cold out there. Uh, the last character they uh, announced after that was Joker that we mentioned just the other week. Uh, so uh, this will bring, uh, like I said, I think there is 29 characters. This will bring the roster up to 38. Uh, that 29 does include Dark Side. So uh, 38 characters when all is said and done after the DLC comes out. Uh, we don't know if there are going to be more aside from these nine or when the first DLC will indeed release. But uh, again, my guess is Beast Boy, uh, Batwoman, Black Manta, uh, Raiden. My guess is probably Enchantress. I don't think they're going to do Donna Troy. I think that would be a little odd. Uh, Asriel, and then obviously the confirm being um, that we've already seen in video form playing really quickly is Starfire, Jason Todd, Red Hood, and Sub-Zero. So... Uh, that game is just a couple weeks away, guys. So uh, if you haven't gotten your opportunity yet to pre-order, remember, uh, they have not announced when Darkseid will be available if you do not pre-order. So make sure you get your pre-order in. Also, in addition, if you do that Ultimate Edition that we've uh, hyped up for quite some time, I swear to God we're not getting paid to do this <laughs> from uh, Warner Brothers no, Games. No, it's uh, costing us money. Yeah, seriously. Because we both got it. Yes, we did. Um, but again, that $100 price point will also give you the extra skins in the mix, too. Uh, and it sounds like it has been confirmed that there is going to be a um, an additional skin for Captain Cold uh, to be Mr. Freeze as well. But we do know that it is uh, Reverse Flash, Power Girl, and there is one more that I am forgetting. But yeah. Does the, uh, the, the Ultimate Edition, I should have known this... It oh, John Stewart. John Stewart Greenlander. It includes yeah. all the DLC, right? The Ultimate Edition does include all nine playable characters and the three premiere skins. Okay, so. all right. I was going to say, then what the hell am I paying for if they don't? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you are indeed getting all nine additional characters. That's more than likely also going to contain... Um, I, it looks like you're going to get gear for all these characters as well. So they're all going to have full gear sets as well, too. 
So good, yeah, good. that uh, that does it for the news. I sorry, I'm very. I gotta say, I'm very, very sorry. I'm definitely not on point tonight. So uh, uh, things will be better next week. Eh, our listeners are used to it. Yeah, it's it's we're allowed an off week every once in a while. So, but uh, even if that off week is every other. Yeah, every other <laughs> sometimes happens. But I, I, it's just been a long, long week, and I am tired. Yeah. So. I understand. And it's rough recording on a Monday night, too, because usually we record on Sunday mornings. So it's, I mean, not only, you know, the convenient on Sunday mornings because we get the, we get it knocked out early, which means I can take my time editing. But, um, you know, recording on a Monday night means I have to, you know, it, at this very moment, it's quarter to 10. I still have to edit this podcast as well as another podcast that I did earlier tonight uh, that I'll mention in a minute. So, I, you know, and I'm usually, I try to get to bed by like 11. So I, I'm very limited on my time to to edit as well. Indeed. Uh, so you want to get your recommendation out of the way and then I'll do mine? Well, actually, I'll just say mine real quick because yeah, it's super stress. easy. Uh, so Batman number 22, if you didn't get a chance to read it last week, um, make sure you do so before Flash number 22 comes out. It's the final part of the button crossover that I've been talking about so highly the last couple of weeks. I did finally get a chance to read uh, issue 22 of Batman, so I am beyond pumped for Wednesday morning, and I will be logging on to Comixology as soon as I wake up, and probably will be reading that even before I walk out the door, because, uh, man, Batman was, uh, it was intense. It was, uh, it was very, very intense, but I will not spoil that for you. We will definitely save that for sometime this summer. We'll, we'll probably actually talk about that four-part crossover, but I will kick it over to Ben. Uh, my recommendation for this week is a podcast that I just got done recording earlier, actually very short time right before this one, less than an hour before we started recording this one. Uh, I'm going to ask for my recommendation that you head over to facebook.com slash next level radio online. That is the Facebook page for the podcast network as a whole. And there, actually I'll post it on ours too as well, facebook.com slash DC prime time. Um, but there you will hear my interview, as well as my co-host Adam uh, for the Showcast Spotlight, you will hear our interview. This has been two years in the making. We've been trying to get this guy on for two years. Uh, Robin Lord Taylor joined us finally for the Showcast Spotlight. Um, it was supposed to be a 15-minute long interview. He stayed, stuck around for like 25 minutes. Uh, it is definitely not safe for work, as there are a lot of F-bombs that get dropped, uh, mainly from Robin. Uh, and we're fine with that because that just means that he was comfortable talking to us and he had a lot of fun. So uh, he is a very, very, very genuinely nice guy. Uh, so much fun to talk to. I really encourage you guys to give this one a listen. We talk a lot about Gotham, uh, playing Oswald Cobblepot, the potential of meeting Danny DeVito, uh, which almost happened today, as a matter of fact, which he, he recaps in, the, in during the interview. Uh, we talk about Accepted, which was one of his first movie roles and a movie that I absolutely love uh so we we get to talk a lot about it about a lot of things with robin and he was a genuine nice guy he told us that next time i am at fan fest that he i'm at a fan fest that he is at uh don't even bother waiting in line uh just come up and introduce myself as the uh the guy that met danny devito before him and he will remember who i am uh because when i told him that i got a big old fuck you <laughs> from Robin Lord, from him when uh, when he said that, but he said it totally joking. Uh, but I will have that posted tomorrow morning as well as this podcast. So by the time you are getting to this point in the podcast, it will be posted both on Next Level Radio Online and uh, uh, Facebook dot com slash DC Primetime. So it'll it'll be up, and that my recommendation is just check it out because it was just a lot of fun. Very cool. 
cheap plugs. I just mentioned most of mine. Uh, okay. Next level radio online.com, facebook.com slash next level radio online. And this, uh, the Facebook page for this, uh, facebook.com slash DC primetime. Uh, as for me, you can, uh, find me obviously also at next level radio online.com, uh, with my show caffeine crew cast of pods. And we will be recording our new episode this coming week. Uh, normally we would have recorded this last week, but with the event coming up that kind of shifted everything around just a little bit. Uh, so we will, will be recording this Wednesday night. So the podcast will probably be up either Thursday or Friday, probably Friday. Um, but make sure you check that out. That'll be our wonderful world of Joss Whedon. Um, I'm still pulling together the cast for that. Now, it is a high chance that this is going to be a shorter episode than normal. Uh, probably instead of two hours, two and a half hours, we'll probably be clocking in. I would assume probably more like an hour, maybe an hour and a half, give or take. Uh, no real timelines because this is the first kind of uh, start for our relaunch for the show. So uh, we are not kind of tied down to the old rule set. So, uh, But I'm looking forward to doing that. And in addition to that, make sure you guys head out and check out our friend George Shaw. That's at georgeshawmusic.com. You hear his uh, tracks in the beginning and the end of every show. And he's got a lot of good tunes for you guys to check out. So make sure you get a chance to do that. Go support him any way you can. Buy an album, a song or two on uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever you want. Uh, but, uh, yeah, make sure you get a chance to do that. Uh, cool. So next week we are still on track. Three more episodes, uh, to talk about with the three, only three episodes left of all of these shows. Um, the following week I will be at Harrisburg Comic Con in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania at the Harrisburg Mall. Uh, I will be their panel moderator for the entire weekend, uh, which includes David Ramsey, Matt Letcher, and Michelle Harrison, uh, from The Flash and, uh, David Ramsey, obviously from Arrow. I'm still so bummed it's the week before the finale i can't even talk to him about the finale because it won't have aired yet oh god so uh we have to figure out how we're going to record that week then. well uh, most likely most likely what we're going to do is what i've done on trips before is i'll have my laptop and a microphone with me and i can i i'm actually staying in harrisburg so i can always record that morning before i head over to the con Oh, there you go. Okay. I can record as long as the Wi-Fi is good enough in the hotel, which I'll know Friday night because I'll be checking in Friday night. Um, so we'll test things out Friday night. Uh, and if things work well, as far as the uh, the connection goes, we'll, we'll record as normal. If not, we might just have to record on Monday again. Yep. And then everybody's like, but but we're, we're watching Supergirl finale right now. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so. Uh, but with that being said, that's going to be it for this issue of DC Primetime. Thank you once again for being a part of our community, listening to us, commenting, uh, posting, messaging, all that great stuff on the website and the Facebook page. Uh, but until next week, we'll see you guys around the bend. Take care. Peace.